Thank you for tuning in to the Crossover Podcast. We hope this message inspires you and grows your faith. To learn more about Crossover, visit our website at crossovernorman.com or find us on Facebook and Instagram at Crossover Norman. Enjoy the message. If you love Jesus, say I do. All right, that's what I like to hear. Uh, my name is Brent Russell. Uh, my wife told me I don't ever introduce myself, so uh, my name is Brent Russell. Hello, how are you? Yep. Welcome to Crossover. Kate did a, a phenomenal job, amen, hallelujah, right? One of the things that we are adamant about in Crossover is we want you to walk into those doors and we want you to experience love. We want, to, want you to experience your love of God. We want you to experience your love of others and we are passionate about it. Uh, we want you to be able to come into this place uh, with all the world coming in and I want you to come in here and I want you to feel loved and we are passionate about it. Um, we have two missions in, of crossover. I, I want to be able to kind of clarify exactly what crossover is about. Uh, first and foremost, our mission for crossover is to reach this campus for Jesus. Amen. And one of the ways that we, we reach this campus for Jesus is we have one of the most outstanding outreach teams in the world. Amen. Hallelujah. All right. Uh, there's a variety of ways that you can volunteer, but if you want to be like next to Jesus, like you need to be on the outreach team, all right? They go out multiple times a week. Uh, they, they interact with the campus. They really try to invite people not only to cross over, but to the feet of Jesus, all right? And, and that's one of the ways that we like to outreach and to be able to uh, have those connections with uh, people. But the second thing that we like to do is we want to get college kids connected to a local church. That is what we're really passionate about. Uh, a couple ways that we do that is we actually have crossover takeovers, and we want you to be able to, uh, to experience the church. The church, we actually invite multiple local churches to come in here, and they actually take over crossover. They actually come, we invite their pastor, we invite their worship team, and I say, bring the best of what you got. Bring your sugar stick sermon, I don't, I don't care. I want you to bring your sermon, because I want two things. I want you to get to experience them, but I also want them to get to experience you. Last week, we had a little bit of a laid back sermon, all right? It was really too, too many sermons in a sermon, all right, praise Jesus. Uh, and what did we talk about? We talked about dating and depression. Tell me what type of sermon is not holy like that, amen? Uh, tell me what other pastor is gonna talk about dating and depression in the same sermon. Well, I did it, and some of you are like, it hit right on, on the money, because every time I date, I end up getting depressed, amen? Can I get a hallelujah? It's funny, because it's true, right? If they don't love Jesus the right way, they're not gonna love you the right way, okay? But I believe that God gave us a powerful word last week. If anything, if we could put the foundational element over that sermon last week, it was that we need Jesus. And in our dating relationships, we have a God-sized hole that only God can fill. No man can fill it, no woman can fill it, and we need Jesus to fill it. 
All right, and we gotta love God the right way in order to love others the right way. And some of us, we have laid at the throne of Jesus, we have given our life to Jesus, and we feel like we have exhausted every effort to get rid of this depression in our life. And maybe the one thing that you have not done or even thought about doing is thanking God for the depression because maybe you are closer to Jesus because of the depression than if you would have been if you didn't have the depression. Every element is always pointed back to Jesus. And God just kind of led me into tonight, and I want us to kind of carry that momentum. And instead of me trying to cover two huge subjects uh, in the same night, I know that like tests are starting to come about, amen. Some of y'all have been studying for weeks, right? Anybody a crammer in here? You're like, you haven't studied at all until the night before, amen. You're walking by faith, all right? But tonight I wanna to take us back to the coffee table, all right? With the coffee table here, your boy's gonna to try to just be chill a little bit. I'm not gonna to be too much preacher voice, uh, but I wanna kinda of be chill with the coffee table and I want you to imagine just having a conversation with me at the coffee table. It could be a Stella Nova, anybody Stella Nova fan up in here? All right, we got some Crimson and Whipped Cream fans, okay? Eh, all right. Michelangelo's, right? Gray Al, right? Best, best room, worst coffee. All right, Gray Al, just not a big fan. And if you're super holy, you drive to the city and go to Coffee Slingers, anybody? All right. But if I'm sitting down and I'm having a conversation with you, I wanna make this short and sweet tonight, all right? I wanna power with a punch here. Is somewhere in that conversation, I wanna see something. Somewhere in that conversation, I wanna evaluate your passion for Jesus. And somewhere in that conversation, I'm gonna ask you something like, what does your walk with the Lord look like? And most of the time, I get one of three things. I get like the, the, the double chin, like, eh, like, you know, I get the double chin, or I get the, the show your teeth and like, Right, and or maybe my favorite one, like the hand tambourine and silent scream like that, eh, right? Like, eh, it's, it's all right. Very rarely do I get the, man, I'm passionate for Jesus, I'm loving Jesus, I'm shining bright for Jesus, and when that happens, I just get up, get them, pat them on the back, say, well, you don't need me anymore, and I just leave, right? Just kidding, I don't do that. I talk to them, and I try to convince them to work for Crossover for free. Um... <laughs> But once I can kind of evaluate where they are at in their walk with Jesus, I ask them a variety of questions about faith and, and life, and we usually come down to the conclusion of this, and this is what I kind of want us to talk about tonight, is how do we make this life count? And we kind of navigate through that. And so over my past you know, couple years of ministry, especially here, I start thinking about the conversations that I have. And then anytime that I write a sermon, I hop into my time machine and I go back to 20-year-old Brent Russell who had long locks of hair, right? The six pack and the beautiful smile, right? I just lost the hair, I have everything else. You know what I'm saying? Plus, plus the dad bod. But um, I really do, I ask myself, 
what did I really need to hear back then? And so tonight I wanted to kind of have just a conversational sermon with you. I wanted us to get real. There are some things that I really needed to hear back then. One of the things that I, I really needed to hear back then, this is, just a, this is just a one-off point, is I needed to hear just because you're not doing anything wrong doesn't mean you need to be, that you're doing anything right. You know, I needed to hear that. I needed to hear statements like that. But most of all, I really needed to have a real talk about how to make this life count. And you don't want to know what the question that I really needed to be asked was? Are you ashamed of the gospel? And that's the question I'm going to lead us off with tonight is, are you ashamed of the gospel? If you want to make this life count, I think you need to really ask yourself, are you ashamed of the gospel? Romans 1, 16 is our, is our verse tonight that I want to dissect. This is where we're going to land. This is where we're going to be. And it says this. It says, for that I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it's the power of God for salvation to the Jew first and also to the Greek. It's for everybody up in here. Amen. Paul here is talking to a small group of Christians compared to the vast empire of, of the Roman rule, and he's encouraging them. He is saying, hey, listen, ladies and gentlemen, we need not to be ashamed of the gospel. And I think what can happen many times is if we just take this verse at its first glance and we kind of just try to understand it just at the surface level, I think many of us will go to, we don't need to be embarrassed by the gospel. Let us not be embarrassed by the gospel. And I think that we can take that as surface level. And my question is, is has any of, of us ever been embarrassed by the gospel, right? Anybody? Anybody been embarrassed by the gospel? then you haven't been to outreach on Tuesday mornings with our outreach team, amen? When you hand out a donut for Jesus, it can get a little crazy out there, all right? Because let me tell you what's happened a couple times with some of the people I've noticed doing outreach is you hand out a cup of donuts because we're holy like that. We want to make sure that you, you eat right, all right? And you're like, oh, I want to invite you to, to, to cross over and someone's being a little snippy, right? And they're like, well, let's cross over. Well, it's a, it's a worship night on Tuesday night. So, oh, worship, yeah, what a, why do I need to go? Uh, because Jesus is there, right? <laughs> why do I need Jesus? Uh, because you're a sinner, right? <laughs> <laughs> you can get embarrassed by the gospel. I can't tell you how many times I've done door-to-door -door evangelism to just really kind of push my limits here, and I've gone door-to-door -door evangelism, trying to spread the love of Christ, and I've knocked on those doors, and uh, I can't tell you how many times I've been cussed at. I've had the door slammed in my face. I remember one time, the lady had like the little ring doorbell so she could see us. I heard her cussing from the back door all the way to the front door, and she told us to leave, and we're like, okay, God bless you, like the holy slap in the face, right? And then we walk off, and no lie, she didn't get enough she started cussing us down the street in front of everybody. It was embarrassing. It was humiliating to be trying to spread the gospel. I think there's been some times where I've been embarrassed because of the gospel. And this is the very reason 
that I would ask you anytime that you are trying to understand the word of God, I ask you and I beg you to do something, is I want you to look at it, I want you to study it, I want you to see who's writing it, I want you to see who's writing it to, I want you to see why he is writing it, and I want you to understand the context of it, because if we were just to take it at its face value, then we're gonna be missing so much meat of what Paul is trying to convey to his people about not being a ashamed of the gospel. I think first and foremost, before we can really dive in, I think we need to understand what is the gospel. And I think for some of us in here, we've never heard the true description of the gospel. This is the Christian truth. It's a simple truth about what the gospel is, is that we are a lost and broken people. Amen. And we are born natures of wrath. We are born a sinful person and we are born separated from God. And this is the climax of what the gospel is, is that loving God sent his son to come and die for our sins so that we would no longer be separated from God, but we would have unity with God, that we would be children of God, that he came and he died for our sins and then he rose on the third day to conquer those sins. And there is power in that gospel. Amen. They didn't have to work for it. They didn't have to buy it. They didn't have to get baptized for it. They didn't have to be perfect to get it. They didn't have to know everything about the Bible to, to understand it, to grasp it. But it says here in Romans 1 16, what does it say? Everyone who believes, everybody say everyone. The power of God for salvation to everyone who believes. Whoever believes has salvation because of the saving work of Jesus. That's the gospel. See, people aren't confused by the complexity of the gospel. They're confused by the simplicity of the gospel. They always want more. They always want, you gotta do this. You gotta be that. You gotta, you gotta earn it this way. No, see, the simple truth is that we have a loving father that came and did everything for us. All we have to do is believe that he did it for us. If you believe in your heart and you trust Jesus to be the Lord and Savior of your life and you lay your life down and you say, God, I'm a, I'm a sinner in need of a Savior, Lord, I trust you and I believe you. I promise you, students, this is how powerful my God is. He says, if you truly do that with your life, I'm gonna see you a million years from now in glory, amen? That's powerful. So we understand what the gospel is, but why is he saying don't be ashamed of it? And see, this is where digging into it kind of started making sense to me is because the Roman Empire was so big. It had so many different religions. It had so many different theologies. It had so, so many things of darkness amongst the Roman Empire. Everything that was Roman was against Jesus. And he's telling these small groups of people, don't be ashamed of the gospel even if you are outnumbered. Many of them were ashamed of the gospel and their life didn't look like the gospel. Their actions didn't reflect the gospel. Their speech didn't sound like the gospel. Their hope wasn't in the gospel. Their joy wasn't filled in the gospel because what was happening was they took the power of God out of the gospel. And it says here that the power of God 
The gospel is the power of God. See, this is what ashamed to them was meaning. This is what Paul was trying to convey to them. Some of them were ashamed and not living from the gospel. You don't live for the gospel, you live from the gospel because the gospel came and saved you and you work from the gospel. You get powered by Jesus, you get strength from Jesus, you get hope from Jesus and that's how you start going in this world and what has happened is many of them weren't living this way because they didn't believe that the power of God was greater than the darkness of this world. And they would rather seclude themselves or shrink back into their old ways or they would rather blend into a crowd. They would rather not stand out for Jesus because they were ashamed that if they did, they were doubting that if they did, that the power of God wasn't greater than that which what they would lose. So they almost doubted whether the power of God was more greater than the things that they would lose and that God would be able to supply them the things that they needed. And he was saying, don't be ashamed of the gospel. Don't be ashamed of your belief in Jesus or, or the belief that he died for you. Don't be ashamed of your love of the savior of your world because when you're not ashamed, you're trusting God's power to take care of you, to guide you, to pour into you, to strengthen you, to love you. Because he that is in you is greater than he that is in the world. I feel like my ministry uh, over the past decade has been primarily to people who are younger than me. And I feel like the best way that I can connect with you is not through my successes, but it's really through my shortcomings. I can really connect with a lot of y'all because I, I think I can tell you what not to do. Amen. I think I, I've made many mistakes and um, I have a lot to say about that, but there are many regrets in my life. But the thing that I regret the most over uh, probably my late teens and especially early 20s is not over things that I did do, but it was really over things that I didn't do. And if I'm honest with you right now, I feel that I've wasted a lot of years in my life being ashamed of the, of the gospel because I was afraid that if I stood out for the gospel and I stuck my neck out for the gospel, that I didn't believe that God was gonna take care of everything else. See, I knew that God could save me from my eternity, but I didn't really think about God and trusting God in my temporary. And what I mean about that is where I should have trusted God and the power of God and been proud of the gospel, I actually shrunk back and I started, I started walking in the way of the world. I started blending in with the crowd and I just looked like everyone else. So now all these years when I look back at my life, I always wonder, man, what would my life look like now if I just would have trusted the power of God, if I would have not been ashamed of the gospel and I would have lived a, my life with a lot more purpose? What would have my life look like now? So students, after we see the fact that Romans 1.16, I think, is a verse that you need to memorize. I think it's a verse that we need to trust. And, and I really just want us to walk away with three simple things that I want us to, to kind of maybe glean from that, something that we can kind of walk away with. 
First thing I want to talk about is something I've hit on a couple times, but it's so important to me, is our friendships. I'm going to talk about this again. I think some of us really need to hear this. I think a lot of us need to understand this, is that we've heard this many times, that, good, that bad company corrupts good moral character. I think it also says this, that if you walk with the wise, you become wise. Some of us have some pretty foolish friends, Amen. And this is why I bring this up, is because I honestly believe that there are so many people right now in this room that are right on the edge of being the man and the woman of God that they need to be, just sold out, fired up for Christ. They're right on that fence line right now, and they're teeter-tottering. And what I notice and what I see in my discernment that Jesus gives to me is that if, if this person would be such a great sold-out person for Jesus, if they had such great sold-out friends in Jesus, and I can see it and I can feel it and I know that they could be so great but they're just, they're stuck on this friendship train. But see, this is what happens is, is we talk about Jesus and you start learning about Jesus, you start walking with Jesus and then there comes a time in your life where you're like, you know what, I've outgrown my friends and I need to, and they don't need to be my ride or dies, they can still be my friends but they don't need to be my inner friends and what really happens is there comes a time in your life where, where you have to say, is losing my friends worth it all? And see what happens, this is where fear happens rather than faith, is that the fear of losing your friends and losing your comfortability and losing what you know outweighs the faith of walking in Jesus. And if you take that leap of faith, a lot of us have trouble with it because we don't trust that God, the power of God, would be able to fulfill and sustain and bring friendships to fill us up. If the power of God can save your soul from eternity, don't you think he can get his children to play together? You want godly friendships? We have eight, 900 people here. We got plenty of people to have friendship. I had you raise your hands two weeks ago about who wanted more godly friends. 90 plus percent of y'all raised your hands about having, needing new friends. And I'm begging you, take those numbers, call them again, get to know them, take them out the Sonic, right? Get to know them a little bit, get a little vulnerable with them. Why don't you, what's the old saying? To have a friend, you gotta be a friend. Why don't you be the friend that you always wanted someone to be to you, amen? Maybe some of us want a girlfriend. Let's have a perspective here. Perspective time by Brent Russell, here you go. <laughs> we got like 500 girls in the room right now. You're welcome, gentlemen. <laughs> but you know, we got some sold out girls for Jesus, amen? And fellas, you know what? These girls are so sold out for Jesus and you wanna date one of these sold out girls for Jesus, you know what? She might see how little your faith is by what friends you're hanging out with. I thought I'd get a hallelujah on that one. <laughs> Just kidding, but seriously. I can see how serious you are about your faith by who you choose to be friends with. That's the God's honest truth. I think you can set the bar on how faithful you wanna be as low as you want. But when you get friends that are gonna push you closer to Jesus 
and trust with you and pray for you? What friends do we have praying for us right now? What are some things and struggles that you're helping, that you're helping other people with? I can tell how faithful you wanna be. I think some of these people here in this time, they're afraid of losing friendships because they don't, they're afraid of being judged. I think a lot of people at this time, especially in this day and age, the fear of loneliness overpowered their faith in godliness. And students, this is when you know that the gospel means something to you, and this is just kind of the thought when going and taking that leap of faith, is when being lonely for Jesus is greater than fitting into this world. But I like, especially I wanna end the friendship thing with this, is I like what a couple pastors said. They said, it's almost impossible to live the right life when you're with the wrong friends. I think that a lot of us, we don't trust the faith of God, we don't trust the the promise of God, I don't think we trust the power of God in our friendships. I I think the next thing where we let in fear overcome our faith is in our freedom. Where are you spending your time I know very little things in this life that are more fleeting than the minutes of the day. Maybe my hairline, all right? I just wanna throw that out there one more time. But I want you to consolidate the last six months of your life. And I want you to itemize it all. And I want you to think in your mind how much of this life in the past six months have I given to Jesus? Have I walked with Jesus? Have I tried to find my rhythm with Jesus? How many times have, how many times have I spent praising Jesus, worshiping Jesus, reading the Bible about Jesus? How many times have I spent just crying with Jesus or laughing with Jesus over the last six months? How many times have we spent separate time out of church or out of crossover, how many times have we made time to spend with our Father in heaven? I think that's a wake-up call for a lot of us because if we consolidated maybe the last six months, we would be really surprised if it even came to an hour. See, some people say, show me your money and I will show you your God. College students don't have money, amen? But you show me your time, and I will show you your God. Because how you spend your time is where you're gonna see who your God is, and you're gonna see who your God is not. Some of us in this very instance, we're so stressed out, we're so filled with anxiety, like we talked about last week, some of us are so depressed, some of us are so in just trying to keep our head afloat, and we're so afraid, and, and, and we're literally just one problem away from our life just crumbling. You wanna know why you are feeling that way? because you have not spent time with your heavenly father to empower you and, to, and you haven't made time for God. So if I'm gonna tell you to go live this life for Jesus without spending quality time with Jesus, it would be like me telling you to go run a marathon with four days of out, without eating, right? If you're not allowing yourself to be fed by Jesus, getting into his word, which is called the bread of life, letting him encourage you, and let me tell you, you need to be encouraged by God, letting him just empower you, letting him just pour into you in ways that you can never imagine, learning how to walk with Jesus and talk with Jesus, learning how to pray with Jesus. I'm telling you, some of the holiest times in my life is when I just sit there and I just try to connect with Jesus and I just start feeling his presence and he starts 
starts showing me the truths of his love. He starts empowering me, showing me what are lies in my life. He starts, he starts telling me about things that I need to hear. He starts giving me visions on the steps that I need to take next. He shows me how to love my wife. He shows me how to love my children. He shows me how to live in this world. Some of us in here, we have so many anxieties and stresses and I'm telling you, if you got Jesus in you, the deep always cries out to the deep. The deep needs to connect with God. The Spirit of God in you needs to connect with, with the God in heaven, and they need to communicate. And some of us in here, maybe if we can start communicating with God, we can start living the right way. We can start making the greatest effort of our life, because some of us are on such an emotional roller coaster, and we feel like crazy people, Amen. Some of y'all just look like crazy people, but some of y'all feel like crazy people. It's because we, don't, we, we are not getting grounded with Jesus every day. How much time are you spending with Jesus? How crazy awesome would our spiritual life be if we spent just the half of the time with him that we do on Netflix? We'd probably read the Bible like three times by now, amen, right? Lastly, and I think this is something that, that, that has really stood out with me, is fear. Thinking back to my young college adulthood, you know that what I struggled with most is fear. See, my sophomore year of college, I was called, uh, I was at a little, little, little college in Shawnee, we called it Shompton, Oklahoma, amen. Yeah, we're ghetto, all right, just kidding. We ain't. But my sophomore year of college, I, I was I was uh, I was in a great I was in a great school. I had a lot of great professors, and um, what happened was is God called me. I know without a shadow of doubt, I can tell you where we were. I, I can tell you I was in my dorm room, and I felt the call from God. This is one of the, the loudest calls in my life, and God said, "Brent, I want you to start a college ministry on this campus, similar to what we are going on, what we got going on here." And this is what happened. Over the next couple weeks, uh, some of my friends, him and his girlfriend, which are now married and they're great worship leaders, they actually came to me and said, hey, I wanna start something, would you wanna be a part of it? And then guess what happened? The dean of students actually called me and said, you know what, if you wanna start something, I got a place for you and I got all the equipment for you and you can do it wherever you want to on this campus. And then guess what? I went to a Christian college. There are Christians everywhere for days. I could have had a 50 people show up, right, to, to, to start this ministry with. And what happened is that I was given every reason to start a ministry, but guess what happened? Is that my fear started overpowering me because I thought about all the ways that I wasn't ready to do it, my fear in my capabilities, my fear in my lack of experience, my fear in my past mistakes, my fear in not being smart enough, or my fear in not being holy enough, and guess what happened? I didn't do it. And it's something that I regret even to this day because it always left me with, what if? What if I would have done that? What if I would have just done this? And students, this is what I want you to walk away with, is that Fear has disabled my faith in God more ways than failure ever did. 
fear has disabled my faith in ways way more than failure ever did. So tonight, Maybe some of us in here, you know without a shadow of a single doubt that God wants you to have faith in him. He wants you to give your life to him, but fear is crippling you. What if? Maybe some of us in here, you know that you need to get plugged into a church and you need to start a new life, but fear is crippling you. What if? Maybe some of us in here, you know without a shadow of doubt that God has called you to surrender your life to ministry, but all these fears are coming into your life, all these ways and all these weaknesses are starting to crowd your thoughts, and you're just saying, what if? Students, this is my ask tonight, is I want you to start building a good past now. Because for some of us who are older, we always can look back and wonder what if. I want you to look back and say, man, look at then. The time that you stood up and you were not ashamed of the gospel and you knew no matter how many times you took a leap of faith for God, the power of God would always provide for everything that you wanted to surrender to him for. I want you to build a life of faith. I want you to build a life that you can be proud of. I want you to be built on the foundation of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I want you to be empowered through Christ because God does not give us a spirit of fear, but he gives us a a spirit of power and love and a sound mind. That when you look back in your life, you don't see your weaknesses, but you see his strength a strength that was willing to live a gospel-centered life. You wanna know how to make this life count, students? Believe in the gospel for your life, that the gospel doesn't only provide for your salvation for eternity, but it also gives you purpose in your temporary. That would be a life that I think would be worth living. Amen? Let's go ahead and close our eyes and Lord, we just want to invite you in to some of our lives right now. Some of us just needed to hear the simplicity of the gospel and understand that we don't have to be perfect. We don't have to know everything. We don't need to understand all, all the theologies, all, the, all these little different preferences. Maybe for some of us tonight, we just need to know that we are a sinner in need of a savior. And tonight, I beg these people to have a, such a courage to be able to lay their life down and at your feet and say, you know what, God? I need you, Jesus. I believe that you came and you died for my sins and I want to have life and have it abundantly in you and Lord I want to give you my life tonight. I beg for that. I beg for that courage. I beg for them to be able to say you know what this night in my college ministry I gave my life to Jesus and it was the best decision that I've ever made in my life. Some of us we just need to come down and pray with our prayer team either down here at the front or back here by the doors And we need to be able to say, in what ways am I ashamed of the gospel? In what ways am I thinking that God, the the power of God is not gonna provide for me? In what ways am I afraid of stepping out on faith? Is it in my friendships? Maybe some of us are saying, you know what? I need to step away from some of these friendships because I've outgrown them. And I think tonight we need to make that stand. We We need to give it to Jesus, but then we need to turn around and we need to make some new friends. I think some of us in here, we have spent too much time, our freedom, 
and we haven't spent enough time with you. Some of us, we need to start walking with you. We need to start talking with you. We need to start being able to live a life for you. And uh, Lord, that's going to... That's gonna help us when we start just opening your word and we need to look at our freedom and say, man, are we spending too much time in this world? What other ways are we allowing other things to be our God rather than you? And I think most of us, if we are honest with ourselves, we are letting fear overpower our faith. And I ask tonight that we just lay that fear down and we start living for faith and we start walking in faith because it says that, that, that you are proud of us when we are living in faith. You are pleased with us, Hebrews 11, 6, when we're living by faith. Lord, give us faith. Give us power. For it's your name. Amen. Let's stand up and worship, please.